You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. I am thrilled to be here for another wonderful episode. Let's get right into it because I want to tell you what I just experienced. So I've been dancing around this idea of getting back into yoga and stretching, really inspired by a tribal member in D.C. who, when I met him and introduced him to this wild world of sobriety and recovery from my perspective, he had already been doing something along the lines of some stretching and some yoga type stuff and wanted to solidify that into his practice. And so the more he would send me messages through our coaching uh, and let me know how that was improving, I kept thinking maybe some of these blocks I feel internally uh, would be helped through the benefits of yoga and nothing else, just stretching and holding something, but following a program of somebody who knows what the hell's going on, who's got some experience in this. So I'm in my office and I'm doing the very first video and I got it off of Beachbody, which is now called Bodhi, B-O-D-I. And it was really interesting because in the past I have not enjoyed yoga. It was like the sitting still of it all for 30 minutes. It was really just too much. <laughs> and you're not sitting still, you're moving around, but it's like vinyasana. It's like, you know, sun salutation and a downward dog and a warrior. It's just like, okay, some of this stuff, it's like oh, my body didn't feel great doing it. So, and like the guy said in the video, if it doesn't feel good doing it, you're not going to keep doing it. And he said a couple of things that really stuck out to me I wanted to bring to y'all's attention. So one of them was that, that if it doesn't feel good, we're not going to keep doing it. And I can't help but think that in our own sobriety and recovery journeys, we start taking on activities, behaviors, things other people have told us it works for them, therefore we should try it. And by all means, try new things. I want you to explore new things. But if it doesn't feel good and you've given it a couple opportunities, then you're going to want to make a shift either doing it differently so that it can potentially feel differently for you or just releasing it all together and saying, well, what's something else that I could do instead of that? And I brought this up before. That while we want to try new things, I've got one of my uh, one of my entrepreneur buddies. He says this one line a lot. He's like, "Well, you got to find what works for you." And I give a pushback to that sentence because if you're just finding things that work for you, meaning, and the way he says it is like, you know, if it doesn't feel great at the beginning or if it doesn't work for you right away, then just switch it up and do something else. But you've got to give it some time. Because what doesn't work for you now might feel a little bit better with a week, two, three, four of muscle memory, of mental memory, of emotional memory around introducing this new thing into your life. So we've got the yoga guy saying, if it doesn't feel good, you won't keep doing it. And I concur. And we want to take on these new activities, perhaps introduced to you by me or other resources you're utilizing for your team sobriety. You want to be taking on new things. But if you feel like you're just pushing through it, like you're trying to eat the steamed spinach, even though you've got cookies in the pantry, it's only a matter of time before the steamed spinach just sucks and you're all up in the cookies. We want to find a way to make the spinach taste more delicious. 
maybe I shouldn't have used spinach for this example because Brussels sprouts come to mind. When I was a kid, boiled Brussels sprouts was a thing at my dinner table a couple times a month. There was always something green. It was broccoli, it was spinach, it was green beans, it was Brussels sprouts. And I'm a child of the 80s, so frozen items and canned food was really just beginning to take hold in our culture. And a lot of these vegetables did not taste good. And I would sit there and hold my nose while I would just put spinach and Brussels sprouts in my mouth, not even chew them, and just swallow them all, <laughs> chasing them with milk. That's not going to introduce a child to the, the wonderful deliciousness of vegetables when they're holding their nose and chasing it with milk in order to stomach this disgustingness down. And here I am at an older age, and I'm able to manipulate my food in the direction I desire, and I do air-fried Brussels sprouts, or I do them on the top of the stove. Um, I've held, I've even thrown them in a deep fryer just for the shits and giggles of it. Actually, pretty freaking good. But everything tastes good that, that comes out of a deep fryer. So that's not really a accurate testament for the deliciousness of Brussels sprouts cooked in varied ways from steaming. Same thing with spinach. I'd rather eat it raw with a really nice light balsamic dressing. My point, without going down into a deep dive of the deliciousness of vegetables, is that when you go to introduce new things into your life, it may not feel great right away. And if it doesn't continue to improve in some manner, then the likelihood that you're going to continue doing that in your life is going to greatly diminish. And while we do want to be finding things that work for us, we don't want to keep going back to the programmed behavior that's comfortable because that's the known. So if it's always worked for you and you're like, well, it's worked for me in this regard, so I'm just going to keep doing it this way. You might find that your growth stagnates or you don't find any of the benefits from it because you're not really pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. This happens a lot in workout routines where they'll give you modifications or they'll say, you know, this is the workout routine. It's these five exercises. And I'll look at them and be like, well, I don't really want to do this one fly exercise or I don't really want to do this one exercise. So I'm just going to put something else that also works out the chest in that spot, but I'm not going to do the thing that they put in the spot. Well, the issue that comes from that is that those people who are developing these workout programs, and I used to be a personal trainer back in Los Angeles, so I have put together programs, were including certain workouts based off of a well-rounded, basically working out of that particular muscle. So if you're just going to replace one chest exercise, which could be a fly, which isn't great for the shoulders, but just run with me on this, and I'm just going to replace it with a different kind of pushing exercise, then I might just be repeating an exercise that was already in the program rather than stretching myself, working outside of my comfort zone. And even if I have to drop the weight down to a very low level, still accomplishing some level of a fly in order to get that pinch in the middle. I mean, you catch in the drift. If somebody lays out a program, there's a reason why they did that. Now, of course, people could do things flippantly. And so you want to monitor your progress through whatever program you decide to take on. I'm saying give it a try. Give it three, five, ten tries. I have this sort of thing with food. Like there's a saying, I'll try anything once. No, I will try anything seven times. Because I just don't know if those first few times were really going to be the way that I wanted to eat it. Uh, maybe this mushroom in this regard would be disgusting, but a mushroom over here with this kind of sauce or this kind of sautéed or this kind of fried is is tasty. I want to give it ample opportunities before I decide to make a decision and then never touch a 
a mushroom again. Never go back and try to do a fly again. Never try to have a tough conversation with somebody who I love ever again because it didn't go right the first two, three, four times. One of the other things that the yoga guy said in the video was, uh, he's like, take it slow. You're not going to break through years of shortening the muscles in one session of yoga. And what caught me about that one is, is that's exactly what I talked to you all about. That years and years and years of programmed habits are not just going to snap and break overnight. You have these things programmed into you. Yeah, I get it. It sucks. Like, I, yeah, I'm over here and I feel like my hamstrings are going to shoot through my ass. It's not a great feeling. So like the dude says, modify it a little bit. You know, bend the knees a little bit more. Reach out a little bit more, reach out a little bit less, whatever the opposite of what it is that's causing the burn. But realizing that any movement in the yoga, in the stretching is better than none at all. This is the first one. I intend on continuing this every single day, even if it's just for 10 minutes, just because I realize that there's a lot of tightness in my body that I think would benefit from stretching. And I've read enough and done enough research to realize that I'm missing out on something when it comes to stretching the body and the doing the yoga and just out there doing, you know, static exercises, pushing and pulling things away from me. Because I want my body to be functional. Just like I want my mind and my emotions and my spirit to be functional. And doing the static things, which in this regard, just an example that popped into my head, might be reading a book on emotional intelligence, taking in the information, and then going to somebody who it's safe to do those things with, and then just having a conversation with them, trying to utilize the material that you just read in the book, which is great. It's a known person with a potentially known outcome, so you're feeling very comfortable in that zone. But we want to stretch ourselves into the uncomfort zone, and we want our emotions to be functional. We want to be able to utilize them in all different kinds of settings, and that's sort of the idea behind functional movements in the workout sphere, is that we're actually working out, doing movements that we will experience in the real world. So standing there and then just pushing weight away from my chest as I lay on the ground, yes, a scene from Batman back in the day when it was Michael, was it? No, not the Michael Keaton one. Uh, Christopher, Chris, Christopher something. Anyways, not important. The dude who plays his butler was like, this is why you do all those push-ups because he had something had fallen on his chest. He's like, push it away. This is why you do all those push-ups. Like, this is the reason we want to have functional movement. What's the likelihood I'm going to be laying on the ground and need to push 185 pounds off of me? Yeah, it could potentially happen, but there's a higher likelihood that I'm going to need to know the right form to pick something up off the ground so that I don't pull my back or that I'm going to need to bend over to pick something up and I'm going to need to know how my knees and how my hips and everything should be working together in order for me to come out of that movement not popping something that could hurt. That's a functional movement. So we also want to be creating these functional, emotional, and mental elasticity in our lives. We want to learn things that we can do and then go put them into practice in a lot of varying situations in our lives so we can see the functionality of this new thing that we learned. You can go read a book on self-management and self-awareness and social management or 
and social awareness and relationship management, the four pillars of emotional intelligence. But if you're only going up to somebody who's not really ever going to push you outside of your comfort zone when it comes to those levels of conversation or any kind of uh, negative feedback that they might give you, if you're only going to a safe space to have these kind of conversations, to discuss with them what you learned, then you're not really pushing yourself. Because at any point in time, you're going to come across somebody who wants to push back against that or doesn't want to follow the emotional intelligence pillars and just wants to ridicule or blame you or complain about you or make excuses for why they didn't do something for themselves. Putting ourselves in lots of situations so we can test the functionality of a new behavior is extremely important. And going back to the last couple episodes, right, if we're looking for mitigation strategies, if we're seeking to break out of that herd mentality that and oftentimes is our own herd, we're following ourselves down a path that we've been down a thousand times. Yes, there's going to be an uncomfortability to that. There's going to be an unknown to it. And that's where the growth happens. And just like Mr. Yoga Man was saying, it's going to take time. It's not going to feel, you know, tremendously great all the time, but it's working if you work it, which is an AA quote if there ever was one. It works if you work it. And he even said, when we say go deeper, it's like what that means is that you're getting closer to injury because the deeper you go, if you start to pull a muscle that isn't ready for that level of elasticity, then you could pop something. And now you're not getting to do anything. Now you don't get to work out anymore for the next week or two while it heals. So pushing yourself too far on one given day could cost you days and days and days. This is why I continue to repeat myself when I say little inches forward. Push back the kratom or the beer or the other drugs of choice in your life. Push them back just five minutes. Push them back 20 minutes. Whatever you can do today that's a little bit further, it's a, that's just, it's, it's, it's not deeper. It's just slightly deeper. <laughs> you get my drift? Take a different route to work. Take a, a, sit in a different spot on the couch before you have an important conversation. Have a location in your house that's meant for important conversations. Drive in a different muscle memory around the behaviors that you're doing because your mind is looking for patterns. It's looking for strategies that you're creating in order for it to turn it into a habit. That's what it wants to do. It wants to do this all the time. And so I say that if you can't measure something, you can't replicate it. And if you can't replicate it, you can't turn it into a habit. So how would you measure whether doing a little bit of yoga today helped or not? Right? You know, I won't know from one session, but maybe tomorrow it doesn't burn as much. I was shaking a lot, like legs, arms, the whole thing. There was a lot of shaking. Maybe in a few days I'll notice less shaking or that I'm getting a little deeper or I'm finding it a little slightly less annoying. I'm breathing in a little deeper, my mind staying more present in the moment. I don't know what to expect from this. I know what I've been told to expect from other people, but being told what to expect and actually experiencing it yourself are not the same thing. Any more than looking um, at a beautiful picture of a gorgeous island in the South Sea or the tropics is the same as going there yourself. And people have that fallacy. Well, I've seen the pyramids in pictures, so that's enough. No, it's not. I have never once been to the Egyptian pyramids, but I'm going to feel pretty confident in saying that seeing them in a picture is not the same as walking up to them, being able to touch them. I just... Under no circumstances do I think that those two things are the same. Any more than seeing somebody riding a motorcycle is the same as actually riding a motorcycle. 
watching somebody cook food is the same as actually cooking it yourself. You have to experience it for yourself to really know if it's something that you could even begin to grow curiosity around. Find more interesting in order to continue doing it to build a passion within yourself. Yes, we want to figure out a way to work things around the way that we enjoy them, right? We've got to figure out what works for you kind of mentality. But we also want to be mindful that if we just keep going back to what's always worked for us, we're going to keep getting the same freaking result. So there has to be some level of pushing, of getting in a little deeper, but not so deep that we pop the muscle, not so deep that we get into a huge, outrageous argument with someone that we're trying to have an emotionally connected moment with. We don't want to say, you know what, I got to learn self-help development strategies. So I'm going to listen to five podcasts in one day and I'm going to read this whole book and I'm going to go to this one 17-day conference. Great to have goals, but reel it in a little bit because it's that lack of impulse control, that desire for instant gratification, that lack of risk management, this all-in mentality. That's like the cornerstones of the addictive personality. What? Somebody introduced me to coffee? Now I must mainline it into my eyeball. It's like, no, you can just drink a cup of coffee and be okay with that. We don't want to keep pushing things to the far outrageous extremes because we've done that. That's how we've gotten ourselves into many of the situations we're regretting in our lives. So introduce yourself to new things. Take it slow. Don't try to dive into the deep end so quick. Yeah, Look for things that will work for you, but also be mindful that if you're doing the same thing, you're going to get the same result. Yoga, I never thought I would enjoy it for that little 30-minute blip as much as I did. I look forward to doing it tomorrow, whether it's for 10 minutes or 15 or 30 or I don't know. But I'm going to continue doing it just to see and experience and feel what comes from this practice. I want you to stretch yourselves too. I also want you to realize that it is going to take time, years and years and years of building up this trauma or this pain or this suffering or just allowing your muscles to get tight is not going to be fixed in one 30-minute yoga section, section, session. So you don't need to push yourself to go deeper and deeper and deeper as you see somebody on the video because that person has lots of experience doing this. It's like the way I talk about things. I'm almost seven years into this now, and I learn from other people who were whatever amount of time they were into their experience. And it matters. That time matters. Don't put me on some pedestal. I don't fucking belong on any pedestal. Don't put me up up higher than you. I have a little bit more time than you. That's it. I don't want to be pedestaled. I want you to listen to this stuff and go out and take action. I want you to realize that anything that I have created that you might find a modicum of jealousy or resentment about is things you can also create if you decide to focus your attention toward that. If you come across somebody else who's got three weeks and you're on day one, yeah, they might be doing something and they might tell you about it and you might want to jump in all in, but it also took them some action steps to get to week three before they were just magically telling you what they were doing. Oh, well, this worked for me. Well, how many times did you have to try things before that you figured that out? If you can get to the root truth 
of all of the different steps that we've had to take to get to uh, day one and day 47 and day 77 and you know, year seven, there's a lot of steps that we might be forgetting to even mention. So realize that anytime somebody gives you their point of view, they're going to be deleting, distorting, and generalizing some of the information because it just seems to them, you know, not common sense, but just it's, it's a known entity for them, but it's not necessarily a known entity for you. So you're going to put in your time. You're going to experience things. You're going to stretch yourself outside your comfort zone. You're going to realize it's going to take more time than just snapping your fingers to figure your way out of your forest of despair. But you can make your way through the forest of despair. Not because I've done it or anybody else has done it, but because when you have sought to achieve something somewhere in your life, you laid down a goal and you achieved it. And no matter how minor you might think it is, it's important to you and your feelings and your thoughts. They matter because you matter. And if you don't matter to yourself, how are you ever going to expect other people to matter to you and for you to matter to them? It starts at home. It starts by stretching ourselves a little bit. It starts by giving ourselves permission to slow the fuck down once in a while. Just take a breath and just sort of settle in to the stretch. Time and time again, we have shown ourselves to be a very resilient species. You have this in you, ingrained from 20,000 years of DNA evolution. It's coming to you. Breathe. 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 You will get here too. But it starts with you. Look in the mirror. That's the person you're answering to. Everybody else can have their opinions. But yours is the one that should matter to you the most. Put some attention toward that. Stretch that one out a little bit. And over time, you will find a way that that kind of mentality and mindset works for you. But it starts with the first time you get on the ground and do the little yoga stretch and realize, you know what? It's actually pretty cool. All right, my friends. Inclusivity over exclusivity. The power of positive energy. Release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine. Shout out to Robert. Glow on. Here comes the holidays. jessemogul.com slash ask me. Click on the life coaching button up there if you don't uh, find the ask me area. Shoot me over a Google form. Let's hop on a phone. Let's see what we can do to help you achieve your greatest year ever. I tell you what, it's pretty awesome over here in the tribe. I'd love to introduce you to him. Take care, my friends. Bye-bye. 